听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read。欢迎收听轻松调频美文阅读 More to Read， 我是沈听。让我们在这里一起听美文、学英语。在今天的节目中，我们将会听到法国历史学家儒勒·米什莱的一句话，英国诗人菲利普·希德尼的一首诗歌 ：“Who will in fairest book of nature know？” 谁想从大自然最美好的诗篇？以及由中国著名作家萧乾所写的一篇文章《一滇缅路》，Recalling the construction of the Yunnan Burmese Road。More to read. 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote. The most intimate temper of a people, its deepest soul, is above all in its language. Jules Michelet. 一个民族最本质的性情、最深刻的灵魂，首先都体现在他的语言中。儒勒·米什莱。儒勒·米什莱出生于1798年 ，1874 年去世，是法国19世纪著名的历史学家。在近代历史研究领域中成绩卓越，被称为法国最早、最伟大的民族主义和浪漫主义历史学家。米什莱出身清贫，对劳苦大众怀有深切同情。他的历史作品强调人本身在历史发展过程中反抗宿命、争取自由的斗争精神。他曾作为巴黎高等师范学院哲学和历史讲师、法国国家档案馆历史部主任。法兰西学院历史和伦理讲座教授，从事历史研究，著有《法国史》十九卷，《法国大革命史》七卷等数十种经典历史研究著作，被誉为法国史学之父。The most intimate temper of a people, its deepest soul, is above all in its language. Jules Michelet. 一个民族最本质的性情、最深刻的灵魂，首先都体现在他的语言中。儒勒·米什莱。More to read. 闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉。Who will in fairest book of nature know? By Sir Philip Sidney. Who will in fairest book of nature know how virtue may best? Lodged in beauty, be. Let him but learn of love, to read in thee, Stella, 
those fair lines which true goodness show. There shall he find all vices overthrow, not by rude force, but sweetest sovereignty of reason, from whose light those night birds fly, that inward sun in thine eyes shineth so, and not content to be perfection's heir, thyself dost strive all minds that way to move, who mark in thee what is in thee most fair. So while thy beauty draws thy heart to love, as fast thy virtue bends that love to good, but, ah, desire still cries, give me some food.《谁想从大自然最美好的诗篇》消灭恶不是靠横蛮而是靠理性的最甜美的统治理性之光是夜鸟纷纷逃世你眼神里心灵的太阳光辉灿烂你不甘独自一人把完美成绩你把一切心灵带上这条道路他们在你身上发现你美的真谛这样当你的美引起新的爱慕你的德就把爱引到善的方向可是啊欲望仍在喊给我一份食粮我们刚才听到的这首诗歌 Who will in fairest book of nature know? 谁想从大自然最美好的诗篇出自英国著名诗人菲利普·西德尼英文版本由Mark Griffiths为您朗读 中文版本由南海之声的主持人米娅牛为您朗诵由飞白翻译菲利普·西德尼出生于1554年 他在社交活动中举止优雅，是理想的政治家，勇敢的军事领袖。他还熟悉当时的科学和艺术，是当时英国最佳的散文作家，又是仅次于埃德蒙·斯宾塞的诗人。我们今天读到的这首诗歌，
。这部诗集有多少是基于生活事实，又有多少属于诗人的虚构，我们不得而知。诗中的斯黛拉及意大利语星，就是珀涅罗珀及埃斯克斯公爵的女儿。据说他父亲曾把她许配给希德尼，但诗人对此表示冷淡。后来，他与里奇勋爵结婚后，希德尼却又热烈地爱上了他。从祖师中得知，斯黛拉拒绝背弃自己的丈夫，而诗人也认识到自己是自作自受。经过一番内心情欲与理智的激烈斗争后，诗人杀死情欲，扩清邪想，向更高的境界奋进。那么，这首诗即是这番战斗胜利后的产物。从诗中可以看出，诗人对斯黛拉的强烈情感已升华为一种精神恋爱。在情人的美的线条里，他看到的是真正的善。理性已经在爱人身上取得最甜美的统治。爱人的理性之光使诗人的情欲之夜鸟纷纷逃遁。不仅如此，爱人还把一切心灵带上这条道路。于是，在诗人笔下。斯黛拉就成了大自然最美好的诗篇，它同时兼备美、爱、德、善，成了圣母般的偶像。这个偶像正符合了伊丽莎白时代的道德观念。当时的诗人们普遍认为，一切罪恶都源于误用情感和理智，而情欲则是万恶的冤首。希德尼本人对此体会颇深，他在另一首十四行诗中写道。情欲，情欲，我付出碎裂的心灵，用高价把你买来，你这一钱不值的土罐。但是人终究是血肉之躯，不可能完全摆脱情欲，尤其是在冲破了中世纪禁欲主义的时代。因此，诗人在最后一行又给情欲留了一定的位置，让他喊出：“给我一份食粮。”Who will in fairest book of nature know? By Sir Philip Sidney. Who will in fairest book of nature know how virtue may best lodged in beauty be? Let him but learn of love to read in thee, Stella. Those fair lines, which true goodness show. There shall he find, all vices overthrow, not by rude force, but sweetest sovereignty, of reason, from whose light, those night birds fly, that inward sun in thine eyes, shineth so. And, not content to be perfection's heir, thyself dost strive all minds that way to move, who mark in thee what is in thee most fair. So while thy beauty draws thy heart to love, as fast. Thy virtue bends that love to good, but ah, desire still cries, "Give me some food."
to read. 文字的世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words. 萧乾原名萧炳乾，一九一零年出生于北京，一九九九年去世，曾任中国作家协会理事、顾问、中央文史馆馆长等职。他是中国现代著名的记者、文学家和翻译家。萧乾是二战时期整个欧洲战场唯一的中国战地记者，后主要从事文学翻译工作，其代表作为《一个中国记者看二次大战》与译作《尤利西斯》等。我们接下来要读到的《忆滇缅路》是萧乾于1995年根据50多年前的旧作《血肉铸成的滇缅路》写的一段二战史事。追忆当年中国劳工奋勇抢建我国的生命线——滇缅路的英雄事迹，并谴责英国战时政府在日本的指使下一度悍然封锁该公路，助纣为虐，为虎作伥。好，下面呢，就让我们一起来读一下这篇文章的中英文版本。英文版本由张培基翻译。忆滇缅路，萧乾。Recalling the construction of the Yunnan-Burmese Road by Xiao Qian. In the two wars, the most important lesson of the two wars is the most painful one. The Chinese and Chinese people are constantly fighting each other. Even Of all the numerous profound lessons we have learned from World War II, the following is the most distressing: a country may be formally polite to another and show willingness to offer it a little help in case of a minor mishap befalling the latter, but it may stop at nothing to act perfidiously when it seeks to extricate itself from its own predicament at the expense of its friend. 一九四零年七月。正当我国抗战面临紧要关头，丘吉尔就为了讨好日本帝国主义，以保全英帝国在远东的殖民地，竟然在当时仍是英属缅甸边界，把抗战中国的这条生命线封锁。当时除了横越喜马拉雅山的空运外，我国所有进口的军火、汽油、药品、器械，以及为换取这些而出口的乌纱、猪鬃。水银和铜油都要经由这条公路运输，汽车行驶高峰每日达七千余辆，进出口物资达数百万吨。英国悍然封锁该公路，扼住我们的咽喉，无疑是对我国一巨大打击。In July 1940, at the critical juncture of China's anti-Japanese war. British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, endeavouring to hold on to the British colonies in the Far East by fawning on the Japanese imperialists, ordered a blockade of our lifeline on the Burmese side of the border with China, Burma then being a British colony. At that time, in addition to the airlift of the Himalayas, it was through the land transport by the Yunnan-Burmese Road that China imported munitions, gasoline. Medicines and appliances, in exchange for such exports as tungsten ore, hog bristles, mercury, and tin oil, the road daily witnessed a traffic of over seven thousand motor vehicles during the peak hours, and the transport of several million tons of import and export goods.
Britain's brazen act of blockading the road meant, as it were, grabbing our throat. It was undoubtedly a serious blow to China. 一九三九年春天，我曾踏访了这条公路，并曾为香港大公报写过几篇报道。其中，在《血肉铸成的滇缅路》一文中，我扼要地介绍了这条公路工程之艰巨：九百七十三公里的汽车路，三百七十座桥梁，一百四十万立方公尺的石砌工程，近两千万立方公尺的土方。不曾沾过一架机器的光，不曾动用巨款，只凭两千五百万民工的抢注，铺土铺石也铺血肉。下关至晚丁那一段，一九三七年一月动工，三月分段试车，五月就全面通车了。In the spring of 1939, I wrote several reports for the Hong Kong Da Gong Bao after making an on-the-spot investigation of the road. In one of them, entitled "The Yunnan Burmese Road, Paved with Flesh and Blood," I gave as follows a brief account of the formidable road-building project: a 973-kilometer motorway with 370 bridges, 1,400,000 cubic meters of stonework, and approximately 20 million cubic meters of earthwork, with neither machines nor adequate funds. Twenty-five million laborers were engaged in a rush job of road construction. They paved the road with flesh and blood, as well as with earth and stone. Work on the Shaguan winding section of the road started in January 1937 and was entirely open to traffic in May after a section-by-section -section trial run in March. 路是沿着古老的通往印度和缅甸的马邦驿道修成的。为了修那条公路。三千多人捐了躯，不能忘记的还有陈家庚组织的南洋机工队三千二百人，其中有一千多人在公路上为国殉难。除了工程的艰险之外，还有那怕人的瘴气、恶性疟疾。同行的一位头天晚上还有说有笑，第二天一摸全身凉了。我们当时是席地睡在一座马厩里，他就睡在我身旁。The road was built on the ancient post road leading to India and Burma, on which caravans used to travel. More than three thousand men lay down their lives for building the road. Of the three thousand two hundred members of the Nanyang Mechanics Team, organized by Ten Kaki, over one thousand died on the job. The horrible disease of pernicious malaria was one of the great perils facing the laborers. One of my fellow travelers, who chatted and laughed merrily one evening, and then slept next to me on the ground of a stable, was found stiff and cold the next day. 一九三九年九月，我去了英国，正赶上二次欧战的爆发。没想到次年七月，我亲眼看到修筑的滇缅路被丘吉尔主持的英战时政府悍然封锁了，而且是在日本侵略者指使下这么干的。当时，英国民间组织援华委员会就在全英掀起反封锁的运动。由于我是刚从抗战中国来到英国的记者，又曾采访过滇缅路，所以就应邀赴英国各大城市及乡村去演讲。有些城市的英国群众还上街游行。在伦敦，援华会就曾组织人们到丘吉尔所在的唐宁街首相府门口摇旗呐喊
，反对英国助桀为虐，帮助日本侵略者扼杀抗战的中国。In September 1939, World War II broke out on my arrival in England. Unexpectedly, the wartime British government, under Churchill, on the instigation of the Japanese aggressors, outrageously blockaded in July 1940 the Yunnan-Burmese Road, whose construction I had just seen with my own eyes. Britain's non-governmental Aid China Committee then launched a nationwide anti-blockade campaign. As I was a Chinese correspondent just arrived in England from covering the Yunnan-Burmese Road. I was invited to deliver speeches in various big cities and villages of the country. In some cities, people even demonstrated in the streets. In London, the A China Committee organized people to demonstrate in front of Churchill's official residence on Downing Street, waving flags and shouting slogans decrying the British government aiding Japanese aggression against China. 十月。英政府被迫解除了对滇缅路的封锁。一九四一年十月，中英签订了《共同防御滇缅路协定》。珍珠港事变后，中国军队就同盟军并肩作战于朱红色的滇缅土地上了。In October of the same year, the British government was compelled to lift its blockade of the road. In October 1941. China and Britain signed the agreement on the joint defence of the Yunnan-Burmese Road. After the Pearl Harbour incident of December the seventh, nineteen forty-one, Chinese troops began to fight shoulder to shoulder with the Allied troops on the red earth field surrounding the road. Dianmianlu, 如今只是全国千百条公路中的一条了。可是当时，中华民族的命运曾系在它身上。Now. The road is but one of the thousands of highways in China, but back in those days, it had a close bearing on the destination of the Chinese nation. Recalling the construction of the Yunnan-Burmese Road by Xiao Qian. Of all the numerous profound lessons we have learned from World War II, the following is the most distressing: a country may be formally polite to another, and show willingness to offer it a little help in case of a minor mishap befalling the latter, but it may stop at nothing to act perfidiously when it seeks to extricate itself from its own predicament at the expense of its friend. In July 1940. At the critical juncture of China's anti-Japanese war, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, endeavouring to hold on to the British colonies in the Far East by fawning on the Japanese imperialists, ordered a blockade of our lifeline on the Burmese side of the border with China, Burma then being a British colony. At that time, in addition to the airlift of the Himalayas. It was through the land transport by the Yunnan-Burmese Road that China imported munitions, gasoline, medicines, and appliances in exchange for such exports as tungsten ore, hog bristles, mercury, and tin oil. The road daily witnessed a traffic of over 7,000 motor vehicles during the peak hours, and the transport of several million tons of import and export goods. 
Britain's brazen act of blockading the road meant, as it were, grabbing our throat. It was undoubtedly a serious blow to China. In the spring of 1939, I wrote several reports for the Hong Kong Da Gong Bao after making an on-the-spot investigation of the road. In one of them, entitled "The Yunnan Burmese Road, Paved with Flesh and Blood," I gave as follows a brief account of the formidable road-building project. A 973-kilometer motorway with 370 bridges, 1,400,000 cubic meters of stonework, and approximately 20 million cubic meters of earthwork, with neither machines nor adequate funds. 25 million laborers were engaged in a rush job of road construction. They paved the road with flesh and blood, as well as with earth and stone. Work on the Shaguan winding section of the road started in January 1937 and was entirely open to traffic in May after a section-by-section -section trial run in March. The road was built on the ancient postal road leading to India and Burma. On which caravans used to travel, more than 3,000 men lay down their lives for building the road. Of the 3,200 members of the Nanyang Mechanics Team, organized by Ten Kaki, over 1,000 died on the job. The horrible disease of pernicious malaria was one of the great perils facing the laborers. One of my fellow travelers, who chatted and laughed merrily one evening, and then slept next to me on the ground of a stable, was found stiff and cold the next day. In September 1939, World War II broke out on my arrival in England. Unexpectedly, the wartime British government, under Churchill, on the instigation of the Japanese aggressors, outrageously blockaded in July 1940 the Yunnan-Burmese Road. Whose construction I had just seen with my own eyes. Britain's non-governmental Aid China Committee then launched a nationwide anti-blockade campaign. As I was a Chinese correspondent just arrived in England from covering the Yunnan-Burmese Road, I was invited to deliver speeches in various big cities and villages of the country. In some cities, people even demonstrated in the streets. In London. The A China Committee organized the people to demonstrate in front of Churchill's official residence on Downing Street, waving flags and shouting slogans decrying the British government aiding Japanese aggression against China. In October of the same year, the British government was compelled to lift its blockade of the road. In October 1941, China and Britain signed the agreement on the joint defense of the Yunnan Burmese Road. After the Pearl Harbor incident of December the seventh, nineteen forty-one, Chinese troops began to fight shoulder to shoulder with the Allied troops on the red earth field surrounding the road. Now, the road is but one of the thousands of highways in China, but back in those days, it had a close bearing on the destination of the Chinese nation.
。想要查看美文阅读节目文稿，欢迎您访问网站 radio.cgtn.com， 找到美文阅读板块即可。今天的节目就到这儿，我是沈听，我们明天见。